Romans chapter number 10. And if you're able and willing, I would invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. Romans chapter number 10. I'd like to read verses 1 and 2 in your hearing. Thank you for being in God's house tonight. And the Bible says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much. Lord, and I thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your grace, your love, your goodness, and your kindness. Thank you for being altogether lovely, Lord. And thank you for uh, working in my heart today, these, these uh, past few days, Lord, and I give you praise for it. Thank you for being a God that will... Uh, meet with his people, God, and how I, my heart's rejoicing that I can say with surety that I am washed in your precious blood. And thank you, Lord, that I've been redeemed with that precious blood of Christ. And Lord, I thank you we can bring our burdens to you and leave them there, God, and you can help and touch each and every area. And God, thank you for giving us the freedom, allow us to be in church on a Wednesday night, and God, a nice church building, and God, a nice pews, and have the Word of God in our laps. I pray for a little while tonight you would help us, Lord, as we gather around your word. I pray you would speak to us, Lord, and God, you'd bring glory to yourself, do eternal work. And I pray tonight, God, you'd give everyone under the sound of my voice uh, attentive ears to listen to the word of God. And I pray, God, we would lay aside every distraction and, God, everything that is distracting in the service. And, God, for a little while we would glean from your word and, God, that we would leave this place better than when we came. God, encourage the saint. God, convict the heart of the lost and show them their need of you as Lord and Savior. I love you and I thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You might be seated. And thank you for standing to honor God's Word. The Bible said, Romans 10, verse number 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And these two verses tonight, they uh, uh, lay out for us something beautiful in the Word of God. And I would like to expound on those very things tonight. And uh, you say, well, Brother Jacob, are you sure you're going to preach that message on a Wednesday night to a Wednesday night crowd? And I say, yes, I'm going to preach this message on a Wednesday night to a Wednesday night crowd. And I'll preach on a message entitled, A Prayer and a Problem, and I want to preach the gospel. You say, it's a Wednesday night crowd, Brother Jacob. But I, I said, I'm not preaching for the Wednesday night crowd. I'm preaching for the great God of heaven. And it doesn't matter who's here, who's not here. I want to preach the gospel tonight. And you say, I'm already saved. Well, you ought to rejoice in it. But not everybody under the sound of my voice tonight saved. Uh, so you be respectful and uh, don't, don't do the devil's work and hinder them from hearing it. Amen. So a prayer and a problem. In verse number one, we see a prayer. Uh, the Bible said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. We see here in verse number one, we see a prayer for Israel. We see Paul's desire. What did he want? He wanted his people, his kindred, his uh, nationality, his religion. He wanted his folks to be Say, Paul, by inspiration of God, shares with the Roman believers his desire and prayer for Israel. He wanted them and prayed for them to be 
saved. There's a lot of things I pray for my children, and I've told you about some of those things before, that God would put His hand on them, God would uh, put a hedge of protection around them, that God would use them. I even pray that God would let them grow up to marry beautiful, godly women. I pray that, Sister Ginger, but the most important thing I pray for regarding my children is not their spouse, and I do pray for their future spouse, Lord, Lord Terry is coming, and I do pray that God uses them in the service of the Lord, whatever that means. But Brother George, the most important thing I pray for my children, and we probably prayed for all our children, is that of their salvation. We Paul wanted them to be saved. He prayed for them to be saved. And can I say, they behaved throughout history in such a way that testifies that they were in no need of saving. Can you just imagine with me just for a moment uh, uh, through the history of God's Word? You can go through the pages of God's Word, and you can go through the pages of history, uh, the, the, the nation of Israel, uh, Judaism, they have portrayed time and time again how good they think they are. Uh, they are those of self-promoted piety. They are holy. They are righteous. They, they, can I just say this? They would say it like a lot of people in the South say, the thing with them and God, they got it all figured out. But the problem is, is Sister Carolyn, they don't. They don't have it all figured out. Uh, they think that they're good. They think that they're well. They don't think they need a Savior. But in reality, they actually need a Savior. And they need a Savior. And I tell you, there's people in the world that fit that same category. They think they're good. They think they're moral. They think they're right. They think they're decent people. They think that they're charitable, and that's what counts. Or, or they give to the poor, and that's what counts. Or they're involved in humanitarian efforts, and that's all that counts. We're going to report to you tonight, Brother George. It's not about uh, what we can produce in of ourselves. Um, but it, the reality of the matter is, is an innate need, um, uh, an inborn need, being born of man, sinful man, that we are... The, the, the fact remains or the fact stands or the fact resounds that because we are born of sinful men, we all need a Savior. The Jews needed a Savior. The Gentiles need a Savior. Black people need a Savior. White people need a Savior. Tan people need a Savior. Red, yellow, black, and white, they all need a Savior. Men need a Savior. Women need a Savior. Young ones need a Savior. Old ones need a Savior. Everybody, everywhere needs a Savior. But more specifically, they need the Savior. The Savior of all men. Just in case anybody's wondering, how do I spell Savior? I spell it the Bible way. S-A-V-I-O-U-R. Savior. I, I want that Savior. You say, well, don't change anything if you take the you out, Brother Jacob. I don't care if it changes anything. I like the way God said it. Amen. I like how I write my name. I don't. If you spell Jacob with a K, that's on you, but I ain't spelling it with a K. I'm glad I, I have a Savior, but I'm glad I recognize tonight that the world needs a Savior. And you say, well, how do you know the world needs a Savior? Aren't you judging somebody? They've already judged themselves. This world's crazy. This world is a big old hot dumpster fire in need of rescue from God Almighty. Uh, this world that you say, how do you know that, Brother Jacob? Turn the TV on. I don't, you don't, you say, well, of course, the news. Yeah, if you watch the news, you'll see that the people need the Lord. You watch a, a commercial on whatever channel you want to watch, except for the Christian ones, and you'll find out this world needs a Savior. You watch a TV uh, engineered for adults and you'll find this world needs a Savior. You watch TV engineered for children and you'll find this world needs a Savior. Yes, they need a Savior. 
Who's that Savior? His name is Jesus. They behaved in such a way that illustrated or testified that they didn't need a Savior. They didn't need, we weren't in need of saving. I don't need a rescue. No, you're getting pulled out to the rip current of sin. You need a lifeboat. You need security. You need deliverance. Now, I'm good. Well, they were drowned for their rejection. In their spiritual blindness, the Jews, Israel, they may not have been fully aware of their need or acceptant of their need, but they need a Savior. Hence, Paul's prayer for them to meet him. We know he's praying. He wasn't praying that they would be financially prosperous. He wasn't praying for them to have marital bliss. He wasn't praying for them to solve world peace. No, he was praying that they would meet the Prince of Peace. Everybody all right tonight? Say amen. Amen. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. i got to point this out. As the Lord told me to, but the textual focus was the salvation of Israel. That's what verse 1 is talking about, is the salvation of Israel. And I understand we are in a a national division of the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 9, Romans chapter number 10, Romans chapter number 11. There are national divisions. I point out that is the textual focus. But it should be noted that while God records here His desire or His intention for the salvation of the Jews, it's recorded elsewhere in God's Word that the Lord desires for all men to be saved. Not just Israel. As you say, well, it's not that big a deal. No, it is a big deal because some people believe God only came to save some. God only came to save the rich or God only came to save the poor. God only came to... There's people... I didn't even know this was a thing until here recently. There's some people think God only came to save the whites. The whites. God only wanted the white people. Oh, oh. I, I, well, I, I didn't know you could blend the two words. I didn't know there was such a thing as a religious neo-Nazi. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Can I report to you tonight? God is not interested in some supreme race or supreme region or some Aryan society. God is interested in saving all the world, all people of all kindreds and all tongues. The Lord desires for all men to be saved. Uh, somebody was telling me something the other day about some kind of physical ailment, and they said, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And that's good. It's good that you wouldn't want somebody to face whatever debilitating thing you have to deal with. And I tell you, I, there's not a person in the world I can think of that I could genuinely say, I want them to go to hell. I don't want them to know God. I don't want them to know what walking in the Spirit is. I don't want them to know what it's like to uh, be indwelt with the Spirit of God and led us. Miss Ginger, there's not a person that I don't want to be saved. I want to be like the Lord. He wants all men to be saved. We should want and pray for our people to be saved. Y'all believe that? I'm praying for my kids. I'm praying for uh, my family. I'm praying for my extended family to be saved. I want everybody in in my immediate circle to be saved. I want everybody I come in contact with as close. I want them to be saved. I want them to live the life that they can live in Jesus Christ. And I tell you, and there's nothing wrong with praying for your people to be saved. But it's not just our people that we should be praying for to be saved. We should also mirror the Lord's desire of wanting all men to be saved and coming to the knowledge of truth. That's 1 Timothy 2 4. 
Our prayer should be for everyone still eternally lost in their sin. And if you are lost tonight, if you are not born again by an incorruptible seed from the word of the Word of God, if you have not uh, trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you are not relying on Him for eternity in heaven, uh, being uh, uh, free from the penalty of sin and hell, if, you, if that's you tonight, you are eternally lost in your sin. You are separated from God, and you need to be redeemed from the body bondage of sin. You need to be set free from your sin. You need to be reconciled to God by the blood of the Lord Jesus. You need to be saved by grace. You need to be justified by that should be our prayer for others is that they be saved. They, they're enemies. God, we want them to be reconciled. They're in bondage. We want them to be set free. They're, uh, they're uh, uh, hellbound. We want them to be delivered. Uh, Brother George, they're, they're guilty. We want them to be justified. Oh, that should be our prayer. That should be our desire. That's to the Christian tonight that should be our prayers that people would be saved and we would desire to see them uh, uh, come to the knowledge of the truth and be set free from the bondage of sin be set free from the grip of the devil be set free from the uh, fear of hell um, we should be, we should, that should be our prayers that, that we want to see them saved but tonight if you are lost if you are not saved if you do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and He is not your Savior and you're not sure that you'll go to heaven when you die I don't care if you're young I don't care if you're old if you do not know can I report to you tonight you are a sinner. You need a Savior. You are lost without God. You are presently, eternally separated from God Almighty. But Brother Jacob, that's bad news. But here's the good news. You may be alienated from God. You may be separate from God. You may be headed to hell. You may be caught in your sin. Blinded by religion. Blinded by the world. Blinded by the devil. You can be set free tonight. Hallelujah. You can be set free. You can be set free. I read somewhere this week. I've heard it before. I've mentioned it before, but I read it somewhere this week. I can't remember where I read it. But somebody had the idea that someone was too far gone or too bad. Uh, it's a clip of some preacher somewhere. And he said, uh, well, why? this man kept leaving church. Every time invitation was given, he'd get up and leave the church. A Vietnam War veteran. The pastor walked up to called this man and he said, Be in my office at 5 30. This is a, a, a Vietnam War veteran, infantry man. Seen a lot of things, done a lot of things. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yes, he said, Be in my office at 5 30. The man sure as the world was in there. And he said, He said, Why won't you come to Jesus? He said, He can't take nobody as bad as I've been. He said, If I can show you from God's word, that God took somebody worse than you. Come on. Would you come to Him? And He said, if you can show me in that book someone who is worse than me. And He walked him through the Scriptures and taught him, started with a man named Saul. And He saw that that man, He didn't just kill the enemy. He didn't just kill enemies. He killed the church of the living God. Can I tell you how the story ends? He put his faith in Jesus Christ. And He got saved by the marvelous grace of God. I don't matter if we're from the youngest to the eldest tonight, if you are still bearing the weight of your sin dead, if you are still living under the guilt of sin, and you're living under the 
fear of hell and judgment and separation from God. You are incomplete. I cannot report to you tonight. You can be saved. You can be washed in the blood of Jesus. The blood has not lost its power. God has not reached His limit. There's not been a quota that is the max. God will take anybody, anywhere, if they will believe. You say, Brother Jacob, how long is there hope? As long as there is breath, there is hope. And if you have breath in your body and God makes you aware that you need Him as a Savior, you need to be washed in His blood, forgiven of your sins, and made at peace with God Almighty. Run to Him as fast as you can and put your faith in Him and He will save you. A prayer for Israel. If you're lost tonight, don't leave that way. A prayer for Israel. Number two, we see a problem of Israel. A problem of Israel. Thought about calling this the problem of Israel. Brother Bill, I'd be lying. This isn't their only problem. This is just one of their problems. This is not the error of Judaism. It is an error of Judaism. A problem of Israel. We see Paul's record. Look at verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, what I'm going to tell you is plain as plain can be. It's not sophisticated. It's not fancy. Uh, There's some Bible colleges in the world, thank God I didn't go to one of them, but there are some Bible colleges in the world that grade their preacher's sermons. They really do that. Uh, I just kind of have a bad taste in my mouth about that. I mean, if God gave it to me, who are you to judge it? Amen? Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is there are people who would, who would do that. And they, if, I, if I said this thought in one of those types of colleges, in one of those type environments, it would be scrutinized for being too, too simple or, or, or not deep enough. What I'm going to say is not deep. It's very simple. It lines up just exactly with what God says here in verse number 2. So I'm not going to take credit for it. I'm going to give God credit for it. And I'm going to say it. And I hope you amen it. All right. I hope you accept it. Paul bears them record or bears record of them. What did he say? They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. What does that mean, Brother Jacob? Here it is. This is what the Lord really helped me with on yesterday. Please don't miss this. Grab it while I say it. They have a tradition-based zeal of God. Brother Bill, they have a tradition-based zeal of God. They do not have a knowledge-based zeal of God. Judaism has a tradition-based zeal of God not a knowledge-based zeal of God. And can I tell you tonight, friend, these two are immensely different. Can I just go ahead and tell you what it is on the front end? A a, a tradition-based zeal of God is we go to church because Meemaw wants us to. A knowledge-based zeal of God is I go to church because I'm a born-again child of God. A tradition-based zeal of God is, uh, well, if I don't read my Bible, people think bad of me. A, 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 a knowledge-based zeal of God is I read my Bible, because it's the very words of God to feed my hungry soul. That's right. That's good preaching. A tradition-based zeal of God is if I don't sing this week, somebody will say something. 
Amen. A knowledge, amen, a knowledge-based zeal of God is I can't go a week without singing praise to my God. Are y'all following me tonight? A tradition-based zeal of God says, well, I better get or I'll be scrutinized. But Hey, praise God. But a knowledge-based zeal of God says, I can't not give to God. He's given me so much. They are different. The Jews had a, tra- a tradition-based zeal of God, not a knowledge-based zeal of God. And if you're still confused, let me clarify it for you tonight. Uh, traditions are not a bad thing. Y'all say amen. Traditions are not a bad thing. Somewhere along the line, somebody's mama told them to wash behind their ears good. Now, they did tell them it was Scripture. It is not Scripture, but it is good teaching. Clean behind your ears. Somebody say amen. All right. Traditions aren't a bad thing unless they are a bad thing. Now, hey man, I'm going to get in trouble here. Uh, uh, Traditions are not in themselves a bad thing unless they are actually a bad thing. Well, my family's always hated people of a certain race or demographic. That's a bad thing. That's right. Well, here's a good tradition. I've always known going to church because my family went to church. That's a good tradition. That's a good thing. But that's not enough. So traditions aren't a bad thing unless they actually are a bad thing. Following the Lord, living a godly life, and loving His Word are all good things. But doing these good things solely because someone else did these things is a bad thing. There are people who come to church on Sunday, maybe even on Wednesday. I don't know your heart, but you came because your spouse wanted you to. Or your uh, friend would be disappointed if you didn't come. If you're here for somebody other than God, you're here for the wrong reason. I think it is an encouragement to my heart when people come into church. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, or a Monday night meeting, or a Tuesday night meeting, or a Saturday meeting, or a Friday. It does my heart good to see a corner Baptist church folks here. When I tell you, it encourages me, but you better not come for me. You better be coming for the right reason. When I was a child, it was good that my parents made me go to church. Somebody say amen. I believe parents ought to make their kids go to church. Because if, Amen. If they're not old enough to make grown-up decisions, church ain't the decision they can make either. Hallelujah for it. Parents ought to make them kids go to church. And my parents made me go to church. That was a good tradition. I learned to go to church. I learned the songs. I went to Sunday school. But something happened along the way, Brother Bill, and it stopped being mom and dad had to make me go to church. God put something inside of me that made me want to go to church. Following the Lord and living a godly life and loving His Word. They're all good things, but you can't do them just because somebody else tells you to do them. Listen to a message today about out of Hebrews chapter 13 where it talks about the man of God who watches over your soul and will give an account unto God. I don't think a lot of people understand what that is. The man of God is supposed to watch out for the people in his flock. And I'll give an account... For your lives. Yes, sir. And when God's dealing with you as a saved person, Brother George, and God says, Hey, there's this blemish in your life. Before he just says, Hey, what's wrong with you? He's going to say, Hey, Pastor. Come on, Pastor. Pastor, did you ever preach on this? I did. I did. 
Okay. Well, then it's going to shift back to you. But if, you, if, if, if I say, well, no, Lord, I didn't preach on that, then it's, the fault's mine. I know that's probably not popular preaching, but listen to it. It's pretty good. It sounds like what the Bible's talking about. What else does it mean God, the man of God's going to give an account for those that he's supposed to watch over? That's right. I don't know what it means if it don't mean that. I can't make you live a good life and I want to preach that you ought to live a certain way, walk a certain way, dress a certain way, live a certain way, shine a certain... I mean, I want to preach it, but I, don't, I, I want people to listen to me, but I don't want you to listen to me. I really want you to listen to God. Amen. If you say, well, the pastor said it, so I'm going to do it. I hope what you hear me on Sunday and on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night is not the what the pastor said. I want you to leave on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night is the God said through the pastor. That's why I don't want you to hear my words. I want you to hear His words. Doing, going to church, singing the song, singing in choir, going to Sunday school, being involved in ministry, being involved in, in projects around the church, doing things in the church. That is not, uh, uh, they say, well, I'm good. No, that's not enough. So I did it for this reason, but it's the wrong reason. Well, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You need to do it for the right reason. We ought to do everything we do for the Lord. Amen. A goodly, that's a biblical word, a goodly and godly heritage is a great thing. But I'm not on and in this way because someone else was convicted of it. I'm going to say it. I, I'm not trying to be uh, disrespectful or spiteful, but I've, I've got to say it. Sister Carolyn, if me walking with God was dependent on my parents walking with God, I wouldn't be walking with God. When I was being raised up, they were both walking. They might crawl a little bit every now and again, but they ain't walking. Yes, sir. Come on. I know. I know. It's the truth. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be hyper spiritual or anything. But my walk with God today, it may have started because of them, but it has not continued because of them. I'm not living today, and you're not living today, I hope, but being convinced off what somebody else said. It's got to move on from Mama's religion, or our Mama's religion, or Daddy's religion, or Auntie's religion, or this person. It's got to move on. It's got to be your religion. Not Mama's God. It's got to be your God. It don't, it's not their faith. It's got to be your faith. Y'all follow me tonight. I'm not walking today because someone else is convicted by it. Right. Their walk got me started on this path. Uh, but what I have personally learned and what I have personally become convinced of is why I'm still in this way. Hey. Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. From the youngest to the oldest, saved to lost. Please hear me, hear me well. Just a well, that's, this is good after the standard of so-and-so. That's not enough. Right. I'm serving so-and-so's God. No, not enough. It's got to be you following your God, walking His way, Amen. reading His book, walking in His Spirit. Right. If your life is wrapped up in the salvation of others, the testimony of others, the convictions of others, the rearing of others, if it's based up on them, what happens when they die? They're no longer there to push you along the way. I'm thankful for the pushes I got early on. Somebody say amen for that. Amen. But I'm to a place now I shouldn't be happy to get pushed along the way. 
I should be walking with him. It's been long enough. That makes sense tonight. I say this, I'm coming to a close. It's great to have an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs of the faith, but you cannot simply serve God based on their learning and their conviction. And that's exactly what Israel did. Fast forward to the thousands of years that passed. Thousands of years that passed to the time of Christ and the time of Abraham. What are they? What are the Pharisees and Sadducees popping off of the mouth? We're Abraham's seed. We're Abraham's seed. Abraham's our father. Abraham, 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 Abraham. And father, father, our father. Abraham's seed. We're Hebrews. But God wasn't. Jesus wasn't interested in hearing if they were Hebrews or they belonged to Abraham. He was interested if they belonged to Jehovah. They belonged to Abraham, but they didn't belong to Jehovah. Right. I would hate to belong to a church and not belong to God. Yes, I'd hate to belong to a convention or association and not belong to God. Right. It'd be like the reverse order of this. Some people say they're married and they're not. It'd be the same way of saying that you were, you were married, but you lived like you didn't. People say, I'm part of the family of God. But they never, there's no, there's no marriage certificate. That I'm in the family. Well, are you in the family? Only you and God know that. That's right. You cannot simply serve God because someone else is learning, based on someone else's teaching, someone else's conviction. And that's what Israel did. They should not have operated in someone else's zeal. It's a good thing to keep promises to those gone before us. And that should be a good motivation, good start. But that can't be the sustaining thing. It's got to be a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I've seen this many times. Maybe you have, maybe in a different capacity or a different light. But please don't miss this. Please, please don't miss this. You can infer to people what they're supposed to do. You ought to dress this way. You do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And for a little while, they'll do it. But you know what's going to happen? It's they're going to revert back to where they were before. Not because God said it. If God said it, they'd have stuck with it. But they were going based off what a man said. Right. I'm not here tonight because a man told me I had to be. I'm not preaching the King James Bible because a man told me I had to preach it. We don't sing old time songs because some man told me I had to. I don't dress the way I dress because some man told me. Did I get pointed in those right directions? Yes. But I'm convinced today that we, I, I look the way I look. But thank God for it, for the ability to do so. I preach the Bible that I, I, I have and on this pulpit tonight because I'm convinced of it. That I, I go to church and, and try to live like, not because somebody told me to, not some man told me to, or because somebody else's way or somebody else's, well, they said it's best, so they must be right. No, I've learned for myself. Some people are walking around as, as Psalm 34, 8, and they got it all twisted around. Oh, taste and see, they said it was good. That's not what the Bible says. That's right. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's right. Well, they tasted them. Was he good? Was he a good Lord? Is it the right way? No. You've got to taste for yourself. You've got to experience for yourself. They were operating with a tradition-based zeal of God. 
It didn't hold up. It wasn't right because they didn't have a knowledge-based zeal of God. See, what's the big idea, Brother Jacob? They had fallen in love with their traditions. They had fallen in love with their rituals. They had even fall- And it wasn't that they fell in love with the Word of God. They fell in love with the law of Moses. In so much that they stopped seeking the true God of heaven, and they stopped seeking that very law of Moses. You know what they did, Brother George? They started making commentary of that law. And commentary of that law. And you know what happened? They began to exalt their new law above the old law. You don't get that by knowledge. You get that by tradition. Yes, sir. Come on. I'm, I, hope that, I hope I'm making a lick of sense tonight. Why don't you just up with them That's right. Amen. We don't do what we do because others. We got to do what we do because we are convinced of it. We have the knowledge of it. We have the experience of it. Some people got to learn for themselves. In this spiritual capacity, everybody's got to learn for themselves to follow the Lord. We can't operate in someone else's zeal. We should not operate in someone else's zeal. We have to have our own zeal for God. Miss Macy, would you come play something for us? I want to give a verse invitation tonight. So God put on my heart and I'm going to do it. Um, our, our phones will still be there in a moment. Our pocketbooks can still be zipped up in a minute. Our coats can be put on. But let's take time have verse invitation. I want to be respectful tonight. To those, maybe God's speaking to somebody's heart. It's got to go beyond someone else's God. It's got to become your God. That was their problem. Tradition-based zeal, not knowledge-based zeal. They had not experienced for themselves. They were not walking with the Lord. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Give invitation like this, Miss Macy's gonna play and sing something. Maybe here tonight you just want to thank the Lord for his saving grace. Maybe you want to rejoice in his goodness. Maybe you got burdens for some lost loved one. They're on their way to hell. Why don't you come pray for them tonight? Maybe you're here tonight and you're lost and God showed you that and you need a savior. Why don't you run to him tonight? Why don't you run to him tonight?